Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And uh, if you listened to our last episode, or if you haven't listened to it, uh, we talked about we're at this phase in life where we need some hobbies. We want some hobbies. And so go listen to it. We need <laughs> your help. We're desperate. Hey, while we, we just ate lunch, and uh, we can say it now, shout out to the Walker Mackamore a volunteer fire department. We supported their calls today, their annual semi. Well, they do a barbecue multiple times a year. And uh, it's a shame that this episode came out too late to encourage you to go enjoy some good barbecue. It was very, 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 very good. And enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. So I thank Mark for lunch. Um, I paid. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Y'all think that there are things happening in the world, other parts of the world, that make you think the apocalypse is going to happen. <laughs> Mark bought lunch. I'm kidding. Mark, <sighs> Mark is um, probably a lot more generous than he gets credit for. Uh, no, I'm less. Well, you're generous in other ways. Um, I was going to say something really profound so anyway, we've had our lunch, which is a big part of the Double Dropkick show. And I had sent Mark a text uh, the other day about a wrestling conversation I wanted to have, uh, an idea for an episode. But I got to tell you, man, because I didn't know, we kind of did this last time we got together, didn't we? Did you, did you ever post that episode where we said, who would you see? Oh, I did. Maybe we did talk about this. Maybe, huh. Did we talk about that? Maybe we Not did. Not this specific list, but most of those names were on it. Yeah. But I added. You added another caveat. Another stipul- a stipul- stipulation. So let me say what I said, and then you tell them your stipulation. So here's what I said. It's like, hey, let's take from the PWI 500. Oh, speaking of which. So you got the PWI, PWI 500. You got the women's 250. There's a... Uh, list of the top 500 black wrestlers here's the list i want to make could we find 200 independent wrestlers over six feet tall and over 225 pounds is that a possible list? Who, who are good i i wasn't even going to put that <laughs> stipulation in could we even find 250 man over six foot and over 225 pounds. Man, big country, this may be your year to make the cover. <laughs> um, now, so I said, let's take the PWI 500. Let's take the top 10. I've got them right here. And let's, who who are some dream matches we would put those people with? Okay. You responded with, hey, Here's here's some exclusions. What did you say? I said we always pick the same people to have matches with these. Yeah. So we removed the following names from contention. Hulk yeah. Hogan. Uh-huh. Ric Flair. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels. Big Van Vader. Stan Hansen. Randy Savage. Terry Funk. And The Undertaker. Okay. That's pretty good. 
I think that's right. That's a, that's the kind of challenge this podcast needs, and that our fans demand. Mm-hmm. That after three hundred plus episodes, they've heard us. They keep hearing you. Know, we have our favorites, as every show does. Uh-huh. Um, let's start here with two, four, six, eight. Let's start here with number ten. Okay. Now the goal is we're taking a list of twenty twenty three wrestlers. And I want to pair them with people who were wrestling before, who were not contemporaries. Right. <coughs> people who, all right, number 10, Cody Rhodes. Barry Windham. Mm. Barry Windham, that's good. Who who plays the heel? Oh, Barry Windham. Barry Windham plays the heel? Yeah, yeah like this is like fresh off the turn. Yeah. Barry Windham, too, when he's still really good. Mm. Still, like, one of the top, like, outside of Flair, like, one of the top workers in the world. Yeah. Barry Windham and Cody Rhodes. I think that's a pretty good match. That's an excellent match. Um, That's an excellent match. You know, now that you put these parameters, I like that. Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff. You're just picking names at random, aren't you? You don't think? I did. I did just <laughs> pick a name at random. I know. Um, what about Cody Rhodes and Cowboy Bob Orton? Well, there you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, Paul Orndorff. I, man, I hate that I did not appreciate him more. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you that you don't realize um, – Kind of like Larry Zabisco. Yeah. They just don't, they didn't do anything to make you like them. Right. You know, you and you just didn't realize it at the time. Right. But, I feel like Paul, Paul Orndorff and Zabisco, guys who are probably far more appreciated in the business than outside the business. Because mm-hmm. if you see, if you're a worker and you yeah. see Zabisco on the sheet, you know you're not going to get hurt. Right. He's going to make you look good. Mm-hmm. And um, the crowd is going to cheer you. Um, okay, let me add a caveat to this. Not a caveat. Someone from that era you would put in a team with Cody Rhodes. Let's add that to it. You want to put do a tag team, who you putting Cody Rhodes with? Very well. <laughs> <laughs> That works, man. I'd like that. They could, he, he, yeah, that would work. How about our Kerry Von Eric? <sighs> Have you seen that? Did you see the trailer for Iron Claw? Yes, I did. Yeah, Take re- my money. Yeah, it looks really good. I probably will go see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the Von Erics lately, probably because of that. Uh, just finished the Ric Flair book, which I've got for you, by the way. Oh, you, sweet! Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a, a, a posted a video in our patrons group, and also at the wrestling you grew up with, about a five minute review of the book. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, Cody Rhodes and Barry Windham. That's good. It, all right, if you're doing a heel team, it now is Barry Windham his heel <laughs> tag team partner, or is yes, his, yes he is, and his baby face. Yes. All right then, let's move <laughs> moving right along. This may not be a very long episode. <laughs> now this next, oh, gen- man. 
fucking killing me. This next gentleman uh, wrestles in Impact slash TNA. What are they doing? Why are they brought back? They're we're changing their name back to TNA. Yeah, what a huge step back, man. Like I, I don't know, man. That name is salacious, and maybe that's the route they're. Maybe their plan is to go. Maybe that route. I don't know. Um, I know that originally that was kind of part of it, right? That was correct. Vince Russo. I mean, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they were. You know. <laughs> that was a sight to see, man. Trying to go around that. Trying to drink your coffee around the microphone stand. Yeah. That was, yeah, I think that's a pretty big step back. I, I, I don't get it. The best analysis that I saw was the people who are going to tune in because you changed the t- name to TNA were already watching your product. Yes. This bring in, brings in no new viewers. No one I cares. Agree. And that, this, this guy whose name you give me, is that where he's from? Yeah, Josh. He got like a do an MMA thing. Is he with? I think he's got the head. He wears the headgear. He's he's like one of those guys that was like a legit wrestler. I think I know who he is, but yeah, maybe he's done some stuff with AEW. He's in a faction. No, yeah, then I don't. He he didn't. um, uh, Let's see if I can pull up. I tell you who I'd put him with then, George South, so he can get a win to get him over, and I can see what he can do. This guy right here. Yeah. Yeah, I put him with George South so he can get a win, and I, I get somebody that knows what they're doing, and I can find out who he is. Okay. And or the Italian Stallion, or Sam Houston, uh, Barry Windham, Mike Jackson, <laughs> Barry Windham, whoever you take your pick. <laughs> um, yeah. See, I'd put him. I mean, just because of his gimmick and everything, I, I put him in there with Kurt Angle. Uh, is that kind of like you that? Gotta, Olymp- you know, you got to get over first. He's not over with me. No, oh, I, I put you. him in there with Kurt Angle. I don't know who he's he got to get there. He's got. I got to get him to Kurt Angle. Do I don't you put know him who in there? With, oh, wait, Chad Gable. You know who? Mike yeah. Rotunda. This guy's in the varsity club. That's who you put in the varsity club. Oh, well, you start you him out as the prospect, and he's got to earn his way in. See, okay, by beating George South. By beating George South. I mean, how hard is this? Not hard. I, I know how wrestling works. You say you do. <laughs> All right, here's one I'm very interested to get your take. Orange Cassidy. That's a good one. I don't know because I was trying to think like somebody that I could put him with. Uh, Yokozuna. Yokozuna. That would be very fascinating. Because I think he's got potential to be a really good underdog babyface fighting his way back from underneath. Hmm. I don't hate Orange Cassidy as much as some of the correct the, the, the cult of Cornette does. I um, I don't have a problem with the the laid back, especially if you see the what they're doing now. Yeah, have you seen the? What they're doing with him now, right? Where he lost that title, yeah. And now he, the, this time when he won it back, he didn't spend as much time with his friends. He spent the, he was looking at the belt, and where he's getting more like they're building upon uh, putting a layer on his character. Yes. Where man, maybe he does care about something. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't, and then he lost it and realized how much he did, because he's not putting it in a book bag and toting it around anymore. He's carrying his his title. 
things like that. That's a pretty cool thing to do. And and I really enjoyed his run with that TNT title. The way they was, did it was incredible. Right, where he was he was having all these big time matches and amassing these injuries. And I can do all that in one match with Yokozuna. People asking why AEW added another secondary title, which it was like the international title. Now it's something else. Yeah. Um, this is why it is the international this was, title. Now it was uh, like the transatlantic. Transatlantic. Yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible name. Yeah, not a good name. Um, that's why they have used that title exactly mm-hmm. as a secondary title is supposed to be used. Yes. It is. It's. It's a prop for this guy that has made him. It's elevated him. Mm-hmm. I would say give it another year or two, he'll be in the title picture there. You think so? I do. I mean, I think Tony Khan likes him a lot. I think there's a lot of upsides to him. The They're toning down the silliness, which is we've seen work for Chris Statlander. Okay. Um, so you – now, I here's – what I hear you saying is I don't disagree with you that he can be in that heavyweight title picture – not as his character currently is. There's got to be some tweaks to it. Yes. For him. Uh-huh. So, and that would be an incredible story. Mm-hmm. To tell. I think we're agreeing on that. Mm-hmm. Who are you putting him in a team with? You didn't say anything about picking a tag team partner for these people. Well, we're going off. We're calling it in the ring. I don't know. Who did you? Who would you put him in a tag team? Laser Tron. I'd have him, Lasertron, Boogie Woogie Man. You know, maybe I would put him with Boogie Woogie Man. Yes. Because if you think about the idea of Boogie Woogie Man acting completely ridiculous while Orange Cassidy stands there and no sells it, that's not a bad. That's a pretty good visual. I'm but telling you. Boogie Woogie Man and Bugsy McGraw just dancing around and going crazy, and Orange Cassidy is just in the middle of them. Like, what have I got? What is going on? Yeah. And like Boogie Woogie Man, who's just cool, just trying to be cool with a Boogie Woogie Man, uh, and then you know just uh, Boogie Woogie Man is down. <laughs> you are just like whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, big Mama, I see Big Mama come rolling up, and Orange trying not to look. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I mean, that's the crew you want him with. Mm-hmm. Like Boogie Woogie Man was best friends with everybody. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you got, I mean, Orange Cassidy would have been a wonderful addition to the war with Paul Jones's army. Oh, no doubt. Boogie Woogie Man and Orange Cassidy versus the Zambui Express. (laughs) The money prints itself. I go home now. I popped yeah, Mark. That's funny. I popped Mark. All right, here's okay. If I may be serious for a moment, uh, Okada. Ooh. You know, my tendency is to say Mitsuhura Masawa or Kenta Kobashi. Mm. But I, I, I tell you, can I? I'm gonna speak on something that maybe I shouldn't speak on. This. Okay. You go ahead. If it don't sound right. Yeah. Why is it every time I come in the kitchen 
You in the kitchen? No. Why is it every time uh, a wrestler, whatever ethnicity they may be, mm-hmm. why, when they move to another company, that they're immediately everybody says, I want to see this person face this guy, this guy, and this guy. And it's always a person of the same ethnicity. I don't know. You know, I don't understand that mentality. Yeah. Where, <clears throat> you know, Jay Cargill jumps and people go, I can't wait to see her in Bianca Belair. And I, my first thought was, I can't wait to see her in Charlotte Flair. Right. And then they've, that's what they're doing. Like they, I don't know if that's going to be the yeah. route, but they definitely interacted with one another. Right. Like, I want to see Jade and Charlotte, man. Yeah. That's two goddesses in the ring together. Right. Man. Right. You know? And that's not to take anything away from Bianca Belair. Right. Right. But visually, there's a look that Charlotte and, and Jade Cargill have that complements one another. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that statuesque look, man. That's who I want to see her with. So I don't, like, I never understood, like, it, but I just did it. It's when I heard Okada, I thought. With those two guys, but the reason that I would choose those two guys mm-hmm. <clears throat> or one of those two guys, I think, um, was for the style. Yeah. You know, to see his evolution from, from the style that they had. Um, but I would throw um, Dr. Death Steve Williams out as as who I would put him in the ring because he's like that other All Japan one of the – and since I can't use Stan Hansen, I'm going with Dr. Death Steve Williams and Okada. Just to see Okada hit Steve Williams with that rainmaker and it just the visual of that I think would be pretty cool. I hmm. I'm gonna say Terry Taylor. Cause I think Oh God, I know who's coming up shortly. What? Oh, if you're going Terry Taylor already, Rick Martell can only be right around the corner. No, I was going to say Pete Michael Hayes, because I just want to see Buddy Roberts trying to interfere in an Okada match. Like I've just never seen. <laughs> you never seen that. You've never seen Okada in like a blood. Like I want them to try to blind him. I want them to try to shave his head. I want. I want Bam Bam to get in there, and then I want Okada to have to get Kenta Kabashi and uh, Stan Hansen, and now we got a six man. That's what like I've I've seen Okada. I mean, Okada could have a match with the Broomstick. He can go sixty minutes with me. Right. I want to see like I want to see him like really lose his temper and want to whip somebody with a leather belt that he bought at the. Uh, at Cherokee, North Carolina, you know, at the little strip mall there. I want him to go nuts on somebody and lose his mind where his friends, where all them seconds outside the ring have to come in and restrain him. Where and he's red, got, yeah. With the leather belt that's got his name yes. on the back of yes. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, want, I want it to be where the free bird, when it is over, the free birds respect him so much, they take him to the store and you see the <laughs> vignette of the guy getting a and he's tapping <clears throat> the letters yeah. on the leather belt. They buy him a Cherokee and, and no leather Cod- belt with his name on <laughs> and it. Got a little mountain range. <laughs> and Okada and Michael Hayes are on the cover of Inside Wrestling drinking Jack Daniels. Yeah. And they just totally corrupt him and ruin his career. I like it. That's good. I, that's that's awesome. 
Uh, who would you put Team Okada with? Barry Windham. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Okada and Barry Okada Lane. versus Barry Windham would be a good match. Yes. What about Okada in the Great Mood? Again, we're getting back into what you said. Right. Man, Okada in Great Mood, that'd be incredible. I'm sure it would be, you know. What about Okada and Rick Rude versus? Yeah. yeah. If you had to put Okada with an 80s manager, who would you put him with? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm. Sir Oliver Humperdinck. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's great. You would put him with Gary Hart. No, I'd put him with Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, that's good. Big Daddy Dink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, MJF, who you, who is someone from the past you're going to put against MJF? Now that you were talking about him, I got to thinking, man, MJF and Terry Bam Bam Gordy will be a pretty awesome match to watch. You know, especially – if Bam Bam's playing that big, rough and tough redneck, you know, spitting and, and drinking and, you know, and MJF's the, the proper guy with the Burberry deal on, I think that'd be pretty awesome. And to have to see him, to see the, the I'm talking about the baby face MJF standing up to the big, bad, you know, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Huh. I think that'd be pretty fun to watch. And I, you're going to ask me who I would team him with? I don't know. You know who I'd team him with? Adam Cole. Gino Hernandez. Eh, there you go. Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Also might be a good a good fit. Yeah. I here's what I would do with MJF. I'd have him go into world class. I'd have him run down Mike Von Erich. Sorry, I'm on a world class kick right now. I'd have him run down have him badmouth Mike Von Erich. Mm -hmm. I'd have him beat. Mike Von Eric. Well, then you got to get Kevin. And Kevin's taken up for his brother. And MJF's going to cheat to beat Kevin. Mm -hmm. He beat Mike clean. He's going to cheat to beat Kevin. And now you got to now you got to face Kerry. And uh And then, you know, him and Gino and Chris Adams a six-man match. Um I could just, you know, he could, oh, man, he would be. The Von Eriks were nothing when they didn't have a good foils. Whether it was Hernandez and Adams or the Freebirds or Kamala or. I'll be honest with you. I wish you would stop naming all of these wrestlers because I'm going to use some of them. You're just oh, naming I'm every, so you're naming every wrestler you know and everything. I'm sorry. And it's messing with, like, because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to use this guy. I'm oh. Use that guy. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. All right. Um, MJF would absolutely 100% be in Paul Jones's army. And then he would turn babyface and feud with Manny Fernandez. I don't think he would be in Paul Jones's army. If he were starting off like as a rookie. No, he wouldn't. You don't think he'd be in there? No. He would be the guy running out and. You know, trying to break it up when Ricky Morton was getting beat up by the Midnight Express. Mm. I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right, here we go. El Hijo del Vikingo. Bam Bam Bigelow. George South. <laughs> no, 
Bam Bam Bigelow, man. Yeah. Because he can move for a big man. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of, I want to see different things out of somebody. No, guys. right, right, right. You know, I could put him in there against Ray Phoenix, and they're gonna have the match. An amazing, they're gonna have the match that you think they're gonna yeah. have. I could put him in there against Ray Mysterio. I yeah. Put, you know, if I was gonna pick anybody to do a lucha libre style with him, it'd be Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Okay, I would choose that. But we've seen that. Right, I've seen. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I want to see something. Uh, the thing with the cut, I want to see something new. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Yeah. You're gonna see something new out of a luchador. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Eddie Guerrero is my pick for another guy anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that would be phenomenal. I think you could put Bam Bam, 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 Bam Bigelow. We, we did a whole episode on him, maybe. He's good. I'm sure we have. Hey, he's a pretty good guy. Pretty yeah, good. Pretty, pretty good wrestler. Pretty yeah. good. He's all right. All right, here we go. Uh, Gunther. Honky Tonk Man. I love it. Why? Well, all right. I want to know why you love it. Because I wouldn't have thought of that. Because Honky Tonk Man hates to be chopped. And he hates that hard-hitting style. And he's not going to do it. Oh. He's not having that match. I'm going to be – I love the matches where people stand in the middle of the ring and slap the taste out of each other's mouth. Yes. I love that. It's not bubble wrestling. I love it. It's but there's got to be there should be more technique to it than just standing in the middle of the ring and hitting each other. Right. Anybody can do that. I'm sorry. You can do that. Yeah. And you and I could stand in the middle of a ring and hit each other as, as hard as we could with our forearms and chop each other across the chest till we bled and people are going to go ooh every time. Yeah. There's so I want to see some technique. Honky Tonk Man ain't having that match with Gunther, so he's got to come up with a new way of doing things. He's got to have a match that's going to be a little bit more entertaining. He's going to have to learn to work a different style. That's why I choose Honky Tonk Man for him. I would, you know, one thing we never seen, or that's just maybe, maybe I'm just not watching enough wrestling or whatever. It used to drive me crazy. Telly Blanchard would do the 10-minute challenge, mm -hmm. and he'd leave the ring, yeah. and he'd collect his thoughts. Uh -huh. Heels don't do that crap anymore. No, no there's, there's no. And so I want to see. Nobody, the referees don't enforce the rules, especially that one dipstick that AEW's got. Oh, Rick. Yeah. I mean, golly, man. He's terrible. They're awful, man. If you get caught breaking the rules, they should at least acknowledge it. Right. You know? Um, I want, so I want to see Gunter, Gunther, Walter. Did mama call him Walter? I'm going to call him Walter. Well, how does he react that third time my honky tonk man rolls out of the ring to get consoled by Jimmy Hart? Right. We've not seen like Walter get frustrated mm -hmm. like that. And what would he do? And like, and maybe wrestling's always been like this. Guys just kind of get into a groove and they just do what they do. Mm -hmm. And this, I, what I love about what you're doing today, what I appreciate is, is we're getting outside of that. Mm -hmm. It's like we're, we want to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger in a dialogue heavy movie because mm -hmm. we've never seen it. We may not like it, but at least we can say we saw it. He's been in some, he was in Twins. He's been in some dialogue, and it worked. I've never seen, no, if I've it seen worked. Twins. Really? 
Kindergarten Cop. Saw Kindergarten Cop. It's a great movie, man. Not a Tuma. It's not a Tuma. Um, well, they'd cancel that one kid today, wouldn't they? <laughs> which one? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, who who would you put Gunther, Gunther with in tag team? Baron Von Roschke. Barry Wendell. Gunther and Barry Wendell. Barry Wendell could be the answer to everything. He could wrestle a broomstick. Was that good? No, uh, <clears throat> that's a good question, man. I don't know who I'd put him in a tag team with. Who's somebody he would be comparable with? And or he could be the power, and they could be the the glory. The glory, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, what Nikolai you, Volkov? What if you put Gunther in? With, uh, I'm being serious. I'm asking the question. I want to have the conversation. I don't want you to. Sh- Gunther and Sam Houston. You got Sam Houston, just a house of fire, kind of like. And Gunther's like, all right, I'm one gonna, of the young lions of pro wrestling. I'm going to need you to calm down a little bit. Yeah. And so they're kind of, you know, Gunther's loosening up. It's a buddy comedy. Is it? Uh, maybe I'm. So there's a reason I'm not booking wrestling anymore. Uh, okay. Now, our top three this year in the PWI 500, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. I'm going to submit to you a theory. Mm-hmm. Whoever was putting this list together, they were like, we are going to stir it up. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of course they were. Yeah. So anyway. Generate some conversation. You that's know, right. Get people talking. All right. John Moxley. What are you doing with him? Hmm. The ultimate warrior. Or was the ultimate warrior on the list of people we couldn't use? No, because we don't really. I don't think we put the ultimate warrior in a lot of dream matches over the course of this podcast. Probably not. That would be good. Can you imagine Ultimate Warrior? Moxley's in the ring. Ultimate Warrior comes in, does a rope shake thing. This starts bouncing. Moxley just like knees him or something. Yeah. Just like stops him cold. Now let me. I'm gonna throw this guy out there too. Yeah. Uh, seriously. Okay. In his prime. Okay. I'm not talking about the guy. Like in his prime. Mm-hmm. Abdullah the Butcher. No, that's who I had. That is 100% who I had for Moxley. And go out there and do what you do, but do it against the best to ever do it. Uh, second best to ever do it. Okay. She, uh, she. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's another one. Yeah, I mean. You, Triple threat match. Sheik, yeah. Abdullah, and John Moxley. There you go. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, no. Of this whole list, I absolutely was thinking Abdullah the Butcher and John Moxley. Hmm. Great minds think alike. Evidently. I think that's what John Moxley's missing. He's missing like he needs. Um, you good? Yeah, I don't let my phone distract me okay. from conversations. Uh, thank you. Um, I think Moxley needs like the fork or something. He needs. He's at that point in his career. He needs like that patented, whatever he's carrying with him. He does. He's he's always taking something and hitting somebody with it. But he, you're right. He doesn't care. But I, he, like I would think that was more of a heel. Tactic. Well, that's probably true. You're yeah. You're definitely. 
I guess and that that worked then because there were rules that were upheld right. and they were doing that behind the referee's back. Right. Now they don't like that's why that the fork gimmick worked. Right. Because the ref didn't see it. Yeah. They would do it and they would make sure the crowd saw it. Yeah. But the referee didn't see it. Now everybody sees everything. And the crowd would yell at the ref, he's got an object, he's got an object. And now the crowd would be like. This work rate in this match is just not great. I'm going to get on Twitter and complain about it. Yeah, I just don't. uh, uh, (laughs) In this day and age, I don't know that it's safe to be hitting people with forks. Did you see, speaking of modern wrestling fans, I want to say it was Beyond Wrestling on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Put out a thing. Would you attend a wrestling show if you're if you could not take your phone in? And then there was some someone from Beyond Wrestling. I think once there were some comments of people saying, "No, I wouldn't do that. I want to take my phone." Da, 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 da. He was like, "Well, it's clear to us that fans are just taking their phones into our shows to create their own streaming content to try to go viral off of." Our things, and I was like, "Well, man, I wonder if I would go to a wrestling show that didn't let me take my phone." And then I tried to build, buy Bill Burr tickets, and it clearly says mm-hmm. your phone will be locked in this pouch, mm-hmm. and if you take out your phone mm-hmm. or your watch, I can't even take my smartwatch in there. Mm-hmm. You will be escorted from the building. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought, "Hmm, that's interesting," and. uh I wish there was more of that. I wish movie theaters did it. You know, you can't take your phone on a roller coaster anymore. You got to put it in no, a little cup. You got to put it in the cubby. You can't on some, not many. Right. Yeah, I wish we banned phones from more places. Right. This thing, like you know, even you and I sometimes when I look, like you bought some water today, and I brought a cup full of water with me today, and. This idea that we're that if we don't stay hydrated for three hours, we're going to wither away, and then <clears throat> you know we we like remember when people couldn't just get in touch with you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Now, yeah. if somebody calls you and you don't immediately respond, they're like, "What's the problem?" Right? You know, what, right. are, you, are you upset with me or something? <laughs> well, they would hate it texting you. Right? You know. You never text me back is what I'm saying. I do text you back. You do. I text you back in other ways. I'm just kidding, man. <clears throat> um, who would you put Moxley in a team with? Abdullah the Butcher? Barry? Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson, whatever. They're already in the team. Claudio Castagnoli. Um, I think Moxley and Manny Fernandez would have been a fascinating tag team. You've been wanting to use Manny. You said Manny Fernandez. You're you're got a you got Paul Jones and world class on the brain, don't you? I'm in mid eighties mode for yeah. some reason. And you just you like Paul Jones and Manny Fernandez, and you want Manny Fernandez to have a match with somebody. He should have been the world champion, Mark. Well, you know he was an AVC. <laughs> Um. Okay, number two, Roman Reigns. Manny Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, I disagree. The Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez. I think Roman Reigns and... Can you imagine, like, if Roman Reigns was, like, champion? Like, I can see him running through Kamala and One Man Gang, and he could have the Hogan run. Yeah, Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be good. How about um, King Kong Bundy? That's a good one. I I got one for you. Because Roman Reigns is a good-looking guy. And he could have a feud with the model, Rick Martell. Yeah. Rick Martell. You are not the prettier than me. Hey, that's not how Rick Martell talks. The missing link. Oh. Or the great Kabuki. Like, why not have him, instead of feud with um, a wrestler, why not go the old school WWF thing, have him a baby face feuding with Gary Hart? Yeah. And, and the people that Gary Hart brings in. What Like you said, the model. Uh, the Kamalas. Yeah. The Great Kabuki. The Missing Link. You know, all these guys that Gary Hart would bring in. Right. He could feud with Gary Hart more than the actual. And then, you know, Gary, bring, he builds up to his big, you know, and they bring in Bruiser Brody. Or they, you know, and that's kind of the big blow off to that. If not Bruiser Brody, I mean, you get Moon, you know, the one-man gang could be the blow off. Um who else? Uh, Mark Lewin. Oh, man. What if you had him feud with like... Uh, Kevin Sullivan's army? Yes, Kevin Sullivan. That's what Sullivan. I'm saying. Like instead of one person, what if right. he was feuding with like a manager or something like that? I like that. Sullivan, my son. Sullivan, my son. I was just... Um, From the heights of the Himalayas. Oh. the depths of the seas. <laughs> I have searched. I've chewed upon the betel nut. I have taken a bite. Of the cosmic cookie, and it has shown me the destruction of Hulkamania is at hand. <laughs> that's what. That's where a lot. I just finished reading this dang Ric Flair book, and mm-hmm. and um, and it talked about you know the the army to defeat Hulkamania and the whole. That whole Tower Doom match. Oh, it's a it's a sight, man. Have you ever seen that? Yes, match? we've watched it together. It like, hey, let's take Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and have them beat seventy five people in one night in in the corner of the arena. Yeah, yeah. away from everybody, where mm-hmm. no one in this building can see what's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What a thing! I might go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, the Dungeon of Doom is like one of my guilty pleasures. So. In wrestling, that whole deal with him and Hogan. It's just such a such a weird yeah. snapshot of wrestling at the time. Where right, it, yeah. Like a, especially like a company that took like 10 steps back when yes. Hulk Hogan showed up. Like I just watched last night uh, the great – I know everybody talks about hard times, but you the, the great Rhodes promo where he's – you know, Dustin's feuding with Colonel Parker and Dusty comes out and saves him and I don't need a handshake. All I need from you is a hug and a kiss to seal the deal, baby. The Earps were blood. The Kennedys were blood. The Rhodeses are blood. Everywhere yeah. tonight there's people sitting with their families, you know, and like – 
that was like one of the last era of that storytelling yeah. in that company before because it was intermingled with Hulk Hogan coming in and just that company just took a complete 180 right into a different direction very childish very which where they were on the groundworks were being laid for them to be a continuation of like the Memphis style territory. Right. And it just went completely even more cartoonish than the WWF had been in the 80s. Right. Yeah. They went to whatever WWF was in late 84, early 85. WCW was trying to be even pre Hulk Hogan cartoonish. The cart, the actual Yes, cartoon. that's what I'm saying. Like, they were more cartoonish yeah, crazy, than the, the people that accused the WWF of being cartoony at the time when it was still like the mega powers exploding. And, yeah. and I know, I mean, it was just a great storyline. Right. Um, yeah, they went way cartoonish. Silly stuff, man. I mean, the butcher. Yeah, that was awful, man. The butcher. Oh, man. Just the whole thing. The shark. Bringing in all these guys. Yeah, man. The Zodiac. They were just trying to bring in. I mean, they were. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum before, but like they were right trying to recreate that run. They were just trying to make Hulk Hogan happy. This was the Hulk Hogan show. They gave right. him the most one-sided contract in wrestling. History. Yeah. They had to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. So they just did something that would make him happy. Yeah. You know, we're going to let you beat everybody that you yeah. ever had a feud with. We'll bring them back in and you can just beat them over and over and over again. And you'll beat them like seven on two. We'll give you Randy Savage as a partner and we'll let you beat Flair three pay-per-views in a row. Yeah. And you can beat Arn Anderson up too, man. We'll put them in a tag team match. We'll let you kick out of Vader's power bomb. So we, so we, so as cartoonish as that was, Mm-hmm. That, to me, because well, we had seen that before, not at that level. What's more surprising to me is a few years later, when Hogan when Hogan like starts doing the opposite, where Hogan started getting color every week, like mm-hmm. lost and starts on this losing kind of this losing streak a little bit but it was too I don't remember the Hulk Hogan losing streak. I mean he lost like two nitro he lost to Arn Anderson <laughs> one That week. was a losing streak. That, he lost two matches. No, in a row. that's what I'm saying is like that was a big deal. I mean you're talking about a guy that didn't lose twice in a year and yeah. lost twice in two weeks in a row. That's when they hit him in the eye with Elizabeth shoe. Wasn't that one of them I think. Maybe he got. I think somebody hit him with Elizabeth's shoe, and yeah, you're right. He did lose to um, Anderson, I believe. Um, now, do you think that during that time, if the NWA, <laughs> um, all right, now we're to number one, um, Seth Rollins. Well, I think I spoiled it earlier when I said Eddie Guerrero was. Oh gonna yeah. One of them. Mm. I think I think Eddie Guerrero and Seth Rollins would would have a really good match. Yeah, but that's just a match I think would be good that I'd like to see. Yeah, I think Seth Rollins a feud again. I mean, this kind of goes outside our parameters today. Seth Rollins a feud against Prime Chris Jericho would have been really good. Yeah. Um, Why does that go out of our parameters? Because Jericho is still wrestling. So, 
Well, I mean, oh, okay, all right. What about um, Seth Rollins would have been a good horseman, I think. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I, I don't like the the stuff he does now. I'm not a fan of. <clears throat> the little more of out little outlandish kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, just not a fan. Not right. A fan. Well, I think to that me, doesn't mean he's not a. When the bell rings, he's he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think I think all you need to know about Seth Rollins at this stage in his career is when they brought Cody Rhodes back. In, in really one of the biggest wrestling stories of the last five or six years, who did they put him with? Hey, your first feud's going to be <clears throat> Seth Rollins because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they know that for multiple reasons that got Cody over. Yeah, because he – I mean, it was wins over somebody. Like, if you beat the Miz, nobody right. nobody cares. You know, he, so he beat somebody. It mattered that he beat that he beat him. But he – like, Rollins could also absorb those losses. And it right. Not, and it not kill him, you know, right. not hurt him. So, yeah, it made sense. And it was good. That match, uh, when he had the torn peck, man, that's – that's an all timer. I, mean, that's like an I still don't person. know how he did it. He just was in pain and made it through it. I'd, have you have you seen the Cody Rhodes? Have you seen the Cody Rhodes documentary? Mm-mm. He Mm-mm. says, uh, "You know, I told everybody it didn't hurt that much. I lied. It was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. I'm sure that it did. Like." There was moments where you just wincing with him because you knew that it hurt. Yeah, you know somebody yeah. who has a a shoulder injury that's nowhere near that level, right? Knowing what that feels like, right? Just I like bumped mine. Yes, on on this thing that was sticking out as I walked by the other day, and my arm bumped it, and it shot pain down at the bottom of my foot, man. Yeah. To to see what he had a full tear of his pectoral muscle, right? Like I cannot imagine what it hurt like to take a bump. Do you? Uh, yeah, like, do you think this is going to be? I think this is going to be a dumb question and a smart question. <laughs> do you? Well, think, you hedge every bet. This is going to be a dumb question and a smart question. <laughs> he's met with the doctor, and the doctor has said. You cannot, you are so injured, you cannot injure it anymore. Right. So you go into the match and you know in your head, okay, this is going to hurt, but I'm not going to do any more damage. Right. It was like when, uh, this happened in football, like Deshaun Watson played a game with a torn ACL. Right. And they're like, oh man, he can't hurt it anymore. Like if you can move and you can throw and you can do it and you want to do it, Mm -hmm. you can't get hurt more than you already are. Yeah. Like they could run over, well, not run over your leg with a tank, but you know, you can't, (laughs) your knee's not going to be any more injured. Um, Yeah. What, um, yeah, Seth Rollins and Eddie Guerrero, that's a good one. That'd be a good match. Um, I'm trying not to use names that I've used before. Seth Rollins and Ultimate Warrior. That's a good 
Seth Rollins, when I was on the plane. I don't know. Terrence, sorry. I do, that I do. was awful. It was really bad. I did it. It was. That was like a. Hulk Hogan. That was like you, but you went like. I don't know who I Wish was Nikita Koloff. <laughs> Thank you, Dusty. We haven't thrown Nikita Koloff's name out. Nikita. Nikita. Oh, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> that was Nikita's, Nikita's cousin. <laughs> oh, Nikita Koloff. <laughs> Um, we're the opposite. You know, normally like we're fading after lunch. I feel like we're giddy. I don't know. I feel like I had some good barbecue. We really did. Had some good conversations. And And you know, it wasn't overpriced barbecue. No, no, it Uh, wasn't. Most our most barbecue today is overpriced. All right, who um who you putting Seth Rollins in a team with? Very well. <laughs> Manny Fernandez. Um, Tito Santana. Could. Oh, that's a good feud, though. I think it's a good tactic. Really? I don't know. Oh, you could put Tito Santana with anybody. You literally could, and they literally did. Yeah. Um, can you picture. Here's some. Okay, let's let's close with this. Mm-hmm. Or not. Let me, you know what? Give me two seconds. Let's do another episode. It may not be a long episode, but there's a question. I want to talk a little bit about the Ric Flair book, but mm-hmm. it it brings into a discussion I I want to have about some of these modern wrestlers. Okay. So any um so those are our thoughts. Uh, you know, just some dream dream scenarios involving the top ten wrestlers. From today's era, who we would put them with. I appreciate Mark's contributions to this episode. I appreciate the exploits of Barry Windham, which live on uh, to today, and we wish him the best of health in these days. Mark, any other final thoughts? No. All right. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you for listening for this edition, this version, this season of the Double Dropkick Show. And for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm glad you finally got around to it. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.